0: Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom! Far down you go, Quagga Smith. Me, oh my!
1: I haven't enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, enjoy the show. Welcome to season three, episode seventeen, quarantine edition. Video of, one of the Draft Rugby podcast, where we discuss fantasy Super Rugby, the game they play online in heaven. You could find the website at draftrugby.com and get after us on the socials at Draft Rugby. And tonight or today, this afternoon, rather. Uh, no one knows. This yeah, is closed, mate. That's it. The blinds are closed. Uh, I am joined by, for the first time in video, high definition, HD, Fox Sports HD Plus, uh, by Harry and Nelson. Lads, how are we?
0: Yeah, look, doing pretty well. Uh, spending some time doing some things I would love to do otherwise. So, missing rugby. That's that's definitely something that sucks.
1: But yeah. But we're getting some rugby chatting now, aren't we, Harry? How yeah. are you? Craving. Craving Super Rugby. <laughs> how, mu- how much of uh, past games have you now watched? You know, I feel like you've been leading the charge on watching old. old uh, No,
2: I haven't, I haven't watched too many. I watched a few, but there was just that, that... The one game that I was trying to get everyone on board for was that the greatest game ever played, and I watched that. That with Nelson and uh, and his father-in-law. That was pretty damn good. Yeah. It's, 2000 and, and, until, like, yeah, the wow. sad thing was I knew the result, and <laughs> I was just waiting until Lomu gets the ball in his hands at the end there. It was I, a bit disappointing. Oh, I,
0: I knew the result, and I still absolutely love that game. There's things out of that game that make me realise what I think is wrong with rugby currently at the moment that needs to change.
2: The one thing that stuck with me, though, was Latham led in the first two tries, and yeah. I thought of him as a god of rugby at the time. So uh, I feel like I was a little more forgiving at the time it's than early I am days, now. Yes. But it was
1: early days for Latham. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, days. you trim those out of your memory, Latham. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's right, right. Very good. Well, um, yes, no, we, uh, we we hope everyone is keeping well, staying active and getting through this trying time. Uh, we are fortunate enough to be joined here in uh, Palace a la Dahari, uh, where we have been setting up the new Draft Rugby Ooh. HQ. Should we share them around? Our recording podcast. Sounds good we can do that, we've got video. We can, that's right. we've got video. Here we are, the couch. We've got the
0: calendar, you can see it at the
1: back there. That's it, the Draft Rugby calendar. Harry Tucker.
2: Classic uh, Waratah's flag. We've got an array of jerseys. <laughs> There's boxes outside too. Yeah, yeah. And a few books and light reading out the back there. That's it. Well, while, uh, <laughs> yeah. while Kagi's doing his prep, and Nelson and I have got nothing to do, we can. Tuck into those. That's I
1: don't it, act like get as much prep. You'll notice that my books are all in great condition and well-read, where Harry's are covered in dust because there's an opening. But um, that's fine. Um, look, you know, it's Not a big reader. It's just more for the image. <laughs> it's all the work in progress. We're actually recording at the moment on a uh, computer. We're going to upgrade to... We're working out the AV issues. Harry is in charge of AV. Okay. Um, but he'll, he'll get on to that. So, um, no, it's a special pod because it's our first video. But, uh, yeah, the, the YouTube channel coming, coming soon should... Should eventually be, we've just worked out you have to have 100 subscribers before yeah. you can have a custom YouTube URL, but eventually it will be... It's not coming soon, soon. it doesn't exist just. For just the record. Yeah, no, but I think the custom URL will be coming soon. <laughs> right, yes. Right? yes. Just, if you search Draft Rugby on YouTube, you'll find us, like everywhere. If you want else. want to make it easy to find a subscribe... Yeah,
0: exactly. No, look, I've got a good point. You don't need to search Draft Rugby to find us, because you're probably watching us now. That's true. it's going to be all over <laughs> that's it all of our <laughs> listeners <laughs> that's true, that's true. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. No, but anyway you're missing out eventually when you get 100 subscribers get us there quickly please so we can have uh, youtube.com slash draft yeah. for
0: everyone that's listening sorry about the whole shoving the room thing that's going to make no
1: sense to you but we're learning, we're learning. That's it, it's the first time. You yeah. gotta, the Kirk's, the Kirk's quirks, 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 quirks of video production are still foreign to us. Um, we'll so that. yeah, there'll probably be lots of times when we don't realise we're being recorded so we'll be doing stupid stuff. So definitely oh, yeah. tune in to, you know, subscribe to get that yeah. content. Um, but alas, anyway, uh, so well, before we talk about what we're going to talk about today, podcaps, Harry suggested it was a good time to bring back up the podcaps. We've got Harry leading the charge on 64 caps. Good on you, mate. We're into season 3, episode 7, so... 17. Well, 17, Rob, yeah, good. 7? Good. No, seventeen, seventeen. Yeah. 7, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm coming in second with 56 caps, um, so just after over the, the half century, and and Nelson, uh, like in most respects, of fantasy forty, coming in third with 53 caps, but not too far behind in this instance, though. 53
0: mm. more valuable than your caps, though.
1: That's uh, I don't I don't think it's even debatable to be fair, but uh, true. Look, it's, it's, it's just so far, yeah. so far ahead. So far ahead. And last but not least, we'll give, we'll give on his shout-out because he's yeah. he did get the double digits, 10 caps. So we'll, give him, we'll give him a, a shout-out. All right, so what are we going to talk about today? Uh, there is no rugby. We're not going to make up some fantasy rugby scores for previous games, as much as I'm sure <laughs> Harry Nelson have probably done that a little bit. But no, today we're going to talk about... Uh, we've just been missing some rugby. We want to talk some rugby. We're going to talk about what have we been up to recently and what are our plans um, for draft rugby. We're going to talk about the state of our union, of Aussie rugby, and what's been going on. There's been a lot... Change of CEOs and whatnot, um, and we're going to talk about the state of world rugby. So we're not going to go and look at every different country and their unions, but we're just going to look at the IRB and some but recent developments.
2: We're definitely looking at it through an Australian rugby lens. Yes, but um, you know we're we're really interested here. As you're both sitting there in your Wallabies jerseys, right? yeah, well that, that's right. But to be fair, like I, I really want to know what the New Zealand, Japanese, Argentinian and South African fans think of it as well, and the rest of the world, to be honest, mm. for the world rugby news. But obviously our, our point of focus that we do all our reading on and keep up to date with is Australian rugby, so that's what we're going to
1: talk about. We uh, we try not to talk too much out of our depth. <laughs> we'll test that theory in today's live for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, all right, so without further ado, let's, let's jump in. Um, so what have we been up to recently? Um Well, apart from, I mean, the first thing I said where the boys said, what have we been doing recently? I said, uh, you've been taking up uh, half of uh, the Rugby Ruckus, uh, another podcast. Great, guys. We had Morgan Churanui on the pod previously. And Harry and Nelson, I think, take up most of uh, the Rugby Ruckus' Twitter feed uh, with questions.
0: Yeah, I think it was two questions each. In their little question section, is that correct? Yeah, and then Nelson, you've got all your second, third, fourth,
2: and fifth account that you normally launch a couple of Yeah, those. I just say
1: <laughs> they're different names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But no, they, their pod, I think they spent at least half the pod just addressing one of Harry's or one of Nelson's questions, <laughs> which was great. Uh, but no, they've been really good. So if, if you haven't already, do yourself a favour and get after the Rugby Ruckus, their pod.
2: One of the few podcasts, I think, that have done really, really well to have super interesting content at a time when there's no rugby.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And also just to further, you know, they're really going for that mission of furthering everyone's understanding of things that are not commonly un- well understood it so yep. you know behind the scenes which is really good um apart from that nelson has been busy he's he's not been he hasn't been able to resist getting in front of a mic and letting loose he's this uh hiatus of draft rugby podcast has been crushing him so he has gone and, and done two pods nelson tell us about that
0: yeah look I, I was on a grit sports which is a south african group um they're not just rugby is broader sport um but look it was really good to chat to a few of them there's a few ex. Uh, Blitzbocker players on there, and and it was just really good to chat a little bit about the Australian rugby uh, situation and what's going on and how that was evolving, because we've had a couple chats, but also just about a few general things in in rugby around the the globe and and how we see things panning out. It was really good. If you want to have a look at any of that sort of stuff, that's at grit underscore sports, G-R-I-T underscore Mm -hmm. S-P-O-R-T-S, they're putting a lot of stuff out there. I think they're, they're really quite a good company that we, had, we hadn't seen too much from. Yeah, I, I
2: hadn't watched anything of theirs before you'd gone on there, but they got me across to, to have a look, and I thought they were really good. They gave a lot of information, really balanced views. No, it was really good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. So they, they do podcasts and video, because you were on a Zoom the, or Yeah, the, I watched the video. Yeah,
0: yeah the video's new. Oh. That's quite a new thing they, they've been doing, but it, it is, uh, they do lots of articles. It's about cricket, about everything else as well. So if you go to their website, um, Grit Sports, you, you're going to see a lot in, in to do with sports around the world and in
1: South Africa. Very good, yes. No, I think everyone's getting into to video now, particularly in this time of working remotely and uh, trying new technologies. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, we've talked about doing it for ages. We've talked about, essentially, we sit around and do our podcasts uh, every week and all we have to do is turn on a camera as well. Um, well,
2: you know. the technology's phenomenal. We're in three different places and the Zoom te- <laughs> the
1: technology now makes it look like we're all together. Nice, that's a good joke for only the people watching video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get them across the line, mate. Get them on board. it, that's it. Just, just subscribe to the channel, all right? Just... Um, yeah. No, that was very good. Uh, but yeah, another reason to see the video is, we have already mentioned to it. Harry did a bit of the till, but now we've just been setting up the, uh, what we've been doing, with setting up Rugby HQ. So Harry... Moved into a new house We, uh, sorry Bought the new house Moved in yeah. a homeowner The dream um, Very expensive house He must make some good money Doing that for That's the it I know I know yeah. he's, he, he's going to be Bankrolling Giraffe rugby That's all I know uh, yeah. But uh, he uh, has been Doing up the house And he's got a spare room That we're turning into The Giraffe rugby studio
0: The hardest part was Choosing which spare room We should use That's true I mean, I Yeah, When you've got 10
1: It's like it's I just can't of... let the wife Agree to it honestly <laughs> Actually I don't think I formally <laughs> ever asked her <laughs> well, it, That's true I, I think we're in the fur- We're not in the furthest room From where she can hear us But it's close. Yeah. Oh, um, But no, so that's been good. And so, yeah, it's a space we're working on improving. Like I said, we're going to figure out the AV setup. We're hoping to get a different camera, probably get the the GoPro streaming at the wide Mm -hmm. angle, get the full room in here and stuff. Talking
0: Um, talking about, if we look at our... uh, all our T-shirts, lots of Aussies, uh, quite a, a couple of Kiwis in there. We've got a, a Springbok, uh, I suppose it's a gown from the Rugby World Cup, but know, it? Yeah. Yeah. It, would, it would be great to have a few more. So feel free to send us some jerseys put up there, especially South Africans, Grit Sports. That's it. Let's, let's get some South African jerseys in there.
1: That's it. I mean, we've, been, we've obviously been overwhelmed with our um, food sponsors for our entree yeah. uh, main yeah. course and desserts. Um, but look, we could definitely uh, use some other merch sponsors. Um, yeah. And also, we're looking into some drive rugby merch. Nelson, is, uh, he's he's been on the design tools, and he's just got so many designs ready to go. But just, need, too just many. need a canvas to paint on. You know what I mean? What yeah,
0: exactly. Have? Okay, our, our next thing is one of the first things is this evolved. We, we decided how could we fill this space with some rugby for for ourselves, for our listeners, and put some things out there. One of our first thoughts was rugby challenge. Mm. Uh, there's a few different rugby games out there. None of sort of this full encompass, uh, encompassing game that has all the different competitions. So we, we were struggling a little bit. We communicated with Rugby Challenge. Well, there's, yeah, there's two games that were <coughs> doubted to come
2: out at the back end of last year. That was Rugby 20 mm-hmm. and Rugby Challenge 4. So Rugby 20 came out. That had all the rights to the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah. And Rugby Challenge 4 uh, was delayed in its release but has all the rights to our understanding for the Southern Hemisphere. So we contacted them and basically said, look, guys, we want to... Get these super rugby players on board with a few commentators, live stream them playing your game, and then play a live, a, 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 a uh, online version of super rugby.
0: And we had a few guys out there. Alan Alatow was keen. I think we had Harry Johnson,
1: Holmes. We had a few other guys there. We, we had got a play. lot of lot of yeah, people the play, the players. Yeah. The players were super keen. I mean, they, they they go home. They play these games as well. Yeah,
0: they're actually sort of brings to my mind Augustine Pichot was saying one of the big things that he thinks rugby needs is we need to have a really good global game that, for Xbox for everything like that out there which we just don't have Yeah,
2: we ran into two issues so obviously that hasn't come come up to as well good. as we'd like at this stage mm-hmm. The two main issues are, number one, we, we're playing with Rugby Challenge 3 because number four hasn't come out. And that, at the moment, is still in the old system where you can't play across platforms. So you, everyone has to have an Xbox for us to play and stream oh, with the, them. And basically we, no one owns an Xbox. We we, I
1: was going to say, we can't get into the PlayStation and oh. Xbox debate, mate. Yeah, well, it's that, pretty, pretty
2: clear Super Rugby players yeah. are on team PlayStation. That's, <laughs> that's a disappointing thing for us. But <laughs> we've updated uh, for maybe us, 50, group, 60.
1: group us in, mate. I'm PlayStation, well, mate. Well,
0: yeah. when he said "us," he meant people who know gaming consoles. Okay. The people that know Xbox is better. people
2: that contributed to the
0: challenge rugby challenge so we uh, we, we kind of updated maybe half the
2: lineups on rugby challenge 3 for the 2020 side so I'll make sure those are uploaded uploaded for those that are looking for something to play at the moment mm-hmm. um, and then we've touched up a few of the 2019 sides. so that's still evolving at the moment but it's a that's a big project yeah um, and with rugby challenge 4 uh, we just don't know the release date. So they, they said basically, you know, they, they've got their own issues in terms of their media and advertising and their plan for the game. And we just don't know when it's out to to be able to launch it for the players to get on board and, and have something happen. So we'll see. At, at the moment, it looks like it's going to be Nelson versus I, and we'll see if there's anyone else going to play. Yeah, so I don't I don't know how many times you want to see me beat Nelson in rugby challenge three. It's not going to
0: happen. But another thought was we, we could do our uh, actual fantasy sides and, and versus each other and that. The OG League. Yeah, so I, I don't know if people would be interested in that, but I think that would be a pretty cool little thing to do as well.
1: Fun for us, anyway. I was trying to look up the information I didn't get to at the time about... Um, there's lots of other sports that have been doing things like this, so getting yeah. players to... Getting two players in a room, getting to play a console well, game. some of the rugby players are playing... Oh, I was going to say, Major League rugby doing it. Yeah, yeah Sorry, Super Rugby players have been playing FIFA, yeah. Um, yeah. I think Major League Rugby had a good go at this. At doing. They that. got
2: Rugby 20 on board to give to yeah. get their, their teams up there, so they'll be playing it They
1: got. I thought they did, but they got them to move pretty quickly to get their Major yeah. League Rugby teams on board, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, the, the benefit for them is that Rugby 20 was actually
1: already a live game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, no, the boys have been... Yeah, the boys have been busy trying to make this happen and uh, we'll continue to work on it mate
0: yeah so, yeah, it's, it's, yeah look if anyone's got any ideas or any thoughts that they'd like to see then, mm. then let's know as
1: well. I mean obviously rugby console games have never worked as well as FIFA or like NFL or things like that like NFL particularly Madden it's just like a play by play game you know what I mean but mm. um, surely someone will crack at it so and Rugby Challenge is what an Australian company is making it's in Wizard yeah Wizard, and yeah. Wizard yeah and so they've, involved. yeah they'd be very good getting being yeah, in communication like yeah, getting back to you so no, that's been good. Um, all right, what else have we been up to uh, recently? Um, been up to some admin, so just it's know, just behind the scenes, sexy stuff that we should have been <laughs> putting up
2: on the internet, like signing forms <laughs> and structuring the business, that kind of stuff.
1: That's it, you know, keeping the wheels turning. We said we're, we're committed. We're making draft rugby a reality. Well, this yeah. is a formal business now. This is. It is. We're, we're
0: all involved.
1: Board of directors, right here, mate. That's it. It's um, but uh, no. So we've been um, we've been yeah. Busy tending to that. Obviously, coronavirus has disrupted uh, everyone's life a little bit, so there have been... I mean, we all have other jobs and businesses to uh, to yeah. run, so, yep. um, and families and whatnot to sort sort out. So, um, But uh, we have been missing recording some pods, and we're happy we can get back together today and spend the day talking with some rugby and doing this pod. So, um, yeah, all right. Anything, On uh, that note, I, yeah. I hope
2: that we can... Yeah. Uh, have a few pods soon. Talking to some of the the players and what they're doing in isolation and how yeah. uh, they're trying to prepare themselves for some sort of impending competition.
0: Yeah, look at at the moment it looks like a couple of the guys we mentioned before. They're they're keen to be involved. So Alan Alatoa, we've, we'll sort of tee him up. If you've got any questions for him, let us know. Captain the Brummies. Yeah. Um, Harry Johnson Holmes. If you've got any questions for him, let us know, and because um, we'll be talking to them soon.
1: That's it. Um, yeah, apart from you know, apart from all the rugby players bleaching their hair, um, <laughs> it's bleaching when you got blonde. It's bleaching.
0: <clears yeah>. That it is bleaching. Um, yes.
1: Apart from that, that phase, I guess. Uh, I mean, across socials, that you've just seen, all the different rugby clubs have basically divided up their gym gear or all, the, all their gyms and sent, sent them home with the players. That say we- all the makeshift kind of gym equipment and workouts players have being doing. It'll be interesting to see how they're keeping sane, you know not um, hitting other men every day. Um, yeah. You know. Be careful
2: when you're bleaching your hair as well. Talking about what the super rugby players up to, who was the uh, ex Crusaders Wanker that we were watching the other day on the um are we watching Todd? No, no no no, there was the one that all Jeff the dancers.
1: Ford. Oh John, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, Jeff Jordan Tuffler? Yeah. Jordan Tuffler on Instagram.
2: Yeah. If, you, if you don't follow him, go watch him because he's done he's taking uh recommendations on songs yeah. and basically doing like a fifteen second dance or something yeah, to each be one yeah, yeah no, he answer. puts it up on his insta yeah, there's yeah. a whole he, huge he, story he it's, it's awesome yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. good it's so entertaining
0: all, so many rugby players are on tiktok at the moment yeah. not great content but they're all on there so mm. if you like your tiktok yeah
1: that's, that's it cool. and and lastly look what we've been stoked with is uh, is Hugh our um, software engineer who, it's been great we've really loved the way I mean, apart from the, the work he's been doing um We've loved the way he's been communicating with, with our fans and followers. Uh, if you haven't already, there's another Twitter channel at DraftRugbyDev um, where you can. Hugh's been tweeting out updates. We've been yeah, a little went, a little quiet recently. but um, Yeah, he uh, still responds though. But I mean, exactly. He's, and he's super keen to get to. to yeah, get your questions and let you know what's coming. He's uh, he, he's having
0: a big part of what he thinks how we can shape things moving forward as well. He wants to be really involved. So yeah. if you have ideas and things you like, run and buy him. You know that's that's the place to. He's to bring actually, it
2: well, okay. on that note. He's actually built in a system on our website now, forum, hasn't yeah. Where forum. no no, where you can oh. access and change yep. code. To actually build in what you like for the oh, yeah. website, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Like the the amount of info, the, yeah. the depth that this guy goes into oh, for us is insane. The, yeah. the level of, of what he's doing, we don't even understand. But like, he's setting up a lot of APIs so that yeah, people apart from people can access a lot of how our sites work, so they can build them into their own system. So it's about you know, first and foremost, we wanted to the game, the fantasy rugby game that we want to play. We're trying to make it easy for other people to play their offline games like we do. Whilst yeah. until we can culminate it in this system, mm. which then everyone can play. Will be super successful, become billionaires, and um, fancy rugby will be the best. <laughs> and we'll um, own super rugby and make it better. True. That's everyone. probably uh, the best interests of rugby in general is draft rugby doing well. Just give, give us money we and, and we will make us rugby around. good. Um, <laughs> power, just <There's> power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, so yeah, that's kind of what we've all been up to recently, um, yep. and um, yeah, mm. I think. Shall we jump on to yeah. the state of our union? So talking about uh, a lot going on. Certainly been a lot going on in Aussie rugby over the last month.
0: Yeah, look, I think the most interesting topic that we're going to break here is very similar to politics in Australia. If you are elected to a role, you're in a role, you are not going to see out your term. Hence, Raylan Castle has not finished her term there and uh, she's been bullied out um, of her role there as a mm. Yeah, Two and a half years. This is crazy. Yeah, so well, a lot yeah, of the things
2: you're going to see... I, I can't feel but help. I can't help but feel that unless Australia were in the top two countries in the world and had completely overhauled how their entire program works and had completely overhauled how where we stood compared to rugby league and AFL, I think
0: she was gone. Yeah, look, I think a lot That's of the a poison chalice. A lot of the things there is. Uh, she couldn't make some of these changes like she, she's now got this coaching staff which is one of the brilliant pros we're talking about that that coaching squad mm. she couldn't make these changes till now you know like those mm. first two and a half years was kind of seeing through some of those things implementing other things which we'll go through which we think were really good mm. and then it's this these next handful of years are where you're going to see some of the benefits it, from what the work she's well, it was, done it, it was um,
2: the boys on the rugby ruckus saying this was her year to yep. put her stamp on the game and for us to judge her and sadly you know she started a lot of projects and, and then been booted out before she's had the opportunity yep let's see coronavirus didn't help that either no i mean what we wanted to do on this podcast is i i feel that everything i read is incredibly biased one way or the other it's either incredibly negative or it's incredibly positive and generally there doesn't seem to be too much information behind the opinions that people are making and i don't mean for that to be offensive but it seems to be very polarized without detail and so we just wanted to try and have a balanced discussion on what her her time as CEO was like, and what she achieved, and what yeah. her strengths and weaknesses were, from what we can see, mm. um, and would love to hear feedback from others yeah. in terms of her, her role as well.
0: There's going to be more things that we maybe don't touch on, but we'll, we'll go and look at them as much as we can from both sides. Yeah, I think we're starting off with and, and from the best of our understanding. Yeah, in well, yeah, the yeah. best of our understanding, we don't we're not privy to everything that's yeah. happening and that has happened. But for some yeah.
2: crazy reason, RA aren't sending us every announcement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're not, I don't know we're not on their minute, on. meeting yeah.
0: minutes yet. Yeah. We know, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, look, one. Of the, I think we'll start off with the, the pros. Was the fighting fund? Fight. That's something that I think is one of the best things yep. given Australian rugby.
1: We have this lot of talent. It, it's one of those through. things where it's. Um, we've already been seeing the results of it, but it's one of those things where. You only notice it if it's not happening. If yeah. it is happening, no one takes notice to, yeah. to yeah. celebrate well, it, like. I mean, right now we have this
0: special blood of talent coming through from schoolboys and 20s last year and the last sort of couple of years, yeah. and previously we would lose a good chunk of those players to NRL, sometimes overseas, things like that, because yeah. there's so many clubs in Australia and Rugby League that they can all offer these contracts, and mm. Rugby just couldn't compete. They were signing them at 16, yeah. 17, Rug- 18 years rugby old. Rugby just could not compete, and one of the big things Rowling Castle did was she created this fighting fund to go, yes, you're a 16-year-old player. We believe in you. Mm -hmm. I know you're getting offered some money from a rival code. Let's keep you in rugby. Let's keep you in yeah. Australia. And and you can develop through with us. And I think that was just such a important thing. I
2: think the way it worked as well was it was an evolving fund. So I think they signed five players in the first year. Yeah. And then they would add four or five to it every year thereafter. Yeah. So now I remember the last announcement saying that out of that under-20s Rugby World Cup squad that came second to France. Close second. And, and, uh, close second. And also had that fantastic win over New Zealand. They were saying that all but one of that squad were signed to contracts and there was a couple signed from to super rugby contracts sorry and there's a couple signed from the under 18 side as well so it's immediately stopped this massive loss of talent to the other codes yeah. which should in the next Five ten years make a
0: massive difference to the cattle that we have, which has yeah. been such a criticism, and that's going to reflect the for the next CEO and the following CEO. You know, like they're going to be good things that people are talking about them because of the talent that's there, mm. and it's being put in place by what Raylene has done.
1: And I'm hoping that it's a uh, by doing that as well, it's, we're going to see younger players get into Super Rugby. I know it's very easy to pick this year, saying Harry Wilson, Will Harris, whatever. But previously, we've talked about the um, New South Wales rugby and the policies of. Um, Will play you in you know two to three years after you've been through our our system and you'll be ready to play. Whereas look, they're eighteen year old. It's been quite proven that there's you know nineteen year olds like Harry Wilson. Who is who is ready for Super Rugby. He didn't yeah. just go in and participate, he's been dominating Super I, Rugby. I think
0: we've got to be careful with that. Like that is such a really, really unique circumstance. Yeah, I think it, there it are is, yeah. so many people who have forced their hand and made them play now yeah. because of the amount of plays that have left. But yeah. we are in a pretty special time. I think with that young talent coming through rugby right I don't think we have been in this. I just mean, for I, mean a long time.
1: I guess there's there's two parts to it. There's A the players getting offered a lot of money for rugby league at a very early age. Yeah. But the second part of that is um halfway. Is, is the pathway just not being as evident? Play, players facing more obstacles to getting into a super rugby team? I think, look, we could probably all name um, a player playing rugby league right now that we would have loved to see in Union. I always talk about Angus Crichton, who's played, playing for the Rabbitohs and the Brewsters, who I possibly think could be a Wallabies inside setup by this point. I don't know if that would be a reality or not, but he would be a bloody good shot at it. I mean, who, can we think of any other players on the top of the... Put you on the spot. Who else? I've taken this Crichton.
0: An interesting thing is just other names, other converts. We've had. It's always been a division there, and we haven't been able to capture some of those players. Cooper Cronk. He's a guy that played Australian schoolboys rugby union mm. and he got signed into league and it's like sometimes it's as easy as they have one decision but sometimes they're on the fence they like both sports yeah. and we seem to lose that battle if it's a 50-50 or even if it's they prefer union but they see a clearer pathway in league we, we have always
1: lost that battle, where now we have something that's trying to
0: stop that and trying to give us a little bit of that upper Cause hand. Because they don't just
1: sign schoolboys to like one or two-year contracts. Some of them are like age 17 and five-year contracts and stuff. Yeah. You know
0: what I mean? And, and an interesting thing there, if you're a 15, 16-year-old and you're getting these contracts to clubs, yep. you're getting their jerseys, you're getting boots, you're getting all this stuff, and you feel a little indebted to that club, and there's this thing that leagues sort of use to, to a real strength for them. Does someone
2: know the answer? and Pasatawa the young Brumbies... Yeah. 10, 12, 15 at the moment. Yeah. That's seen as a you know huge prospect. He was signed at 16 years old. So he's been signed for two years now. He was the whole, was, was, you, was, you was he, Yeah, that's right. Was he one of the fighting funds? He must have been at that age, right? Or was it just a Brumby's contract?
0: I'm not sure. I think it was. So a, he's like, a Queensland. To, to down be honest, already. I yeah, think yeah. it was a Brumbies contract. Yeah. I do think it was. It was off the back of the Brumbies. Yeah. I might. I this might, is might an be excep-
2: wrong. Ex- An exception to how young
0: they can sign them. Just yeah, purely from yeah. from how good he was. But I, I, as far as I, know, I think that's what it was. Yeah. He,
1: he's had. He's he's come off the bench in two Super Games this year, and I'll just say I did go down and watch him play a full game in a, uh, a Waratahs B Brumbies B game, mm. and he was absolutely incredible. I was very excited about him, but also even as an 18 year old, whatever he's. Um, He's got the frame. He's quite a big number 10 who still has all that speed, agility, pace. I was super excited. I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole, but I know
2: Alessio is probably the favourite of the young 10s at the moment because of the success of the zombies and how he's held himself. Is Pasatel going to end up sitting behind him, or they've obviously tried him at 12 and 15 as well. What do you Uh, you
0: reckon? If if I'll go, I think we're going to see Alessio as twelve has played a lot of 12 and I think that's probably a role that I can see him slotting into quite well and the Brumbies as well quite a quite a bit of time they've had Tamuah, Lilia Fina, that 10-12 interchangeable kind of system mm-hmm. and for me I, I think I see Pasitoa taking that 10 jersey Iroh Samoni's it about and the Wolves
1: there this he's year brilliant. he's playing so well I Samoni's brilliant But it's interesting I don't think L'Alessio is like I know we, we can have small 12s but like Pasitoa is bigger than Lulesio yeah. substantially yeah. like yeah. taller and, and he hasn't even filled out his frame properly yet uh, I mean, I, I guess maybe I prefer a bigger 12. I That's don't it. think Leicester is big enough for 12. No, I don't. I, I don't think he's... not a big guy. Yeah, anyway, yeah. like I
2: said, we, we're getting okay, to Let's yeah. keep going. Right. Raylene Castle. Yeah. Right. What are the other things that she's done well? Okay, so, next one. Uh, the United package for the broadcast deal. So, obviously, this has been a big yeah. topic of discussion. Uh, there was... The, to me, a huge, huge achievement of hers was how she managed to actually broker a deal where she took all the club, the uh, the yeah. club rugby in New South Wales and Queensland, and got them on board
1: which, to which, be which, a, a separate institution, uh, effect, effectively. I don't with, know if with,
0: Queensland was involved, was it?
1: Yeah. I, I think that was yeah. one of the negatives so she, talked she, about. No, no, Queensland, yeah, Queensland she, and they had
2: had yeah, and they've had incredibly negative relationships with rugby Australia for a number of years. Mm-hmm. She managed to broker a deal with them where they were going to help. Pay for that competition to run and be aired on TV and have it as part of the, finance, the package that was being sold for their television rights. Which so it's is, a whole game and, approach.
0: And for anyone outside of Australian rugby, that is, there's been this rejuvenation of, of club rugby. You know, mm. this yeah. this first first um, grade rugby in Australia. We're, we're getting bigger crowds to some games yeah. than Super Rugby, like they're big no, games. O- o- you know, often often yeah. games. So um, the,
1: the, the big the big club games, the the tribalism that's there, the yeah. history. There's there's more often. I would say. There's more regularly a bigger crowd at those games than there are at games. For yeah, I agree. Sure. Okay. Yeah.
2: So I think that's a huge achievement.
1: And, and, and the, was, the reason that's such a big achievement is because it was such a poisoned relationship. And
0: it, it was unanimous. There was a unanimous vote from all those clubs that they wanted to do this with Rayleigh. So she, she didn't just win this, she had everyone 100% on board with her, her views. Not only
2: from the broadcast deal point of view, but from building and mending that bridge. Yeah. Huge.
1: And again, we don't—we're uh, not obviously talking about how that works. For example, in South Africa or New Zealand. But our perspective on how that works is—it seems like it's a lot more seamless in that the the high, the relationship of like even high school rugby to then club rugby. Then curry cup whatever it seems a lot more uh, connected. And I guess they're just all on the same page, whereas yeah. it's really not in Australia. There was been...
0: also there was also like a brief discussion of schoolboy rugby things like that being mm-hmm. potentially a part of all that package and yeah. you know, how that was going to work out.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's another uh, achievement that has not been celebrated <laughs> enough. I would say you know for the difficulty of the task, really.
0: Yeah, because I suppose it didn't come to fruition with everything with um, coronavirus. If, if yeah. that had been a done deal, yeah, it's something you can lock in. But it's quite easy something you
1: can just push aside at the moment because. I think,
0: came out of it because of the situation.
1: And so, I think I think that leads us on well into broad... We're talking about broadcasting, the broadcasting uh, rights. So, yeah. you know, uh, I think Harry was saying, we were talking about this earlier, just saying it's very easy for everyone to sit back and complain, oh, we need to do something about Fox. You know, we're all just... We've just been... We've had Fox as the one broadcaster, and don't get me wrong, Fox has supported the game yeah. in Australia. They've They've given more, money. Give more um, money than anyone else to directly. But at the same time, we can't just—it's not the business model is not clearly not working, and we can't just keep complaining. You know, uh, we actually have to do something about it. And she's but gone out there forever. And gone, we've been talking yeah. about
2: we must have free-to-air exposure to try and expose more people to the game. Exactly. And so was, if, they,
1: if they can't watch it, they can't know what they're missing.
2: You know. Yeah, so I, I can't remember who she got on board. It was someone that I think was it was it the one their bloke that. Um, helped push Cricket Australia's broadcast deal a few years ago. They got someone that was incredibly successful in Mm -hmm. that kind of role. I'm sorry, I don't have the detail. Yeah, as a consultant or something. Yeah, Yeah. as a consultant to make this happen and then put it out there. And obviously Optus was one of the big names. I think they were discussing Mm -hmm. things with Channel 10 and Rugby Pass and a few others as well. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, to, to me, and I know not everyone agrees... Uh, But to me, that was a huge positive to give us the opportunity to actually see, number one, is there other opportunity out there? Or number two, what are we worth to Fox? Does Fox actually want us? And are they willing... To help a whole game approach, that's not just dollars, but hmm. putting a proper rugby show on and exposing the NRC to more than one really or two yummy. games a weekend. You know, like it. it's there's so much more opportunity. Sorry, I get really frustrated about that. Yeah, it. no, it
0: is, you've, you've got a lot of passion there, and I, 100, I I, I, I totally agree. I think for her that was a very tough thing to do, and it was, I think it was the right decision. And whatever comes out of this now, I'm not saying if Fox, Fox did the deal that it's it was the wrong decision or that I'm it's bad if Fox did it. it, but. The thing is now there's been a proof that it's not only them that want it. Mm. They made an offer. They said no to free air. They offered a certain amount of money. And it wasn't enough for Rugby Australia. So we're damned if we we do. We're damned if we don't. If you think it was a bad decision to take it to market. The other thing is we cannot judge
2: if this was a smart decision or a poor decision until the deal is signed. Yeah. There was there was talk that Optus was within 24, 48 hours and a week, I think, on different yeah. articles, yeah. of tabling an offer, a formal offer, that may well have changed the course of Rugby Australia for the next
1: four or five years. Well, well and, didn't Fox, Fox did have pulled out of the bidding. In effect, it was left down to Optus was my... No,
0: I, but it, there was reports of things like that, and, but, I mean, they're straight back on board. By all means, it sounded very much like these were some hollow threats to try and use whatever control they could because it was coming out of their own News Corp. I was just about to say. uh, Newspapers. So if anyone not in Australia, News Corp, uh, who owns a lot of newspapers uh, and news outlets. Worldwide. Worldwide. worldwide, They own 65%. Of um, Fox Sports, mm-hmm. so for them, they wanted to push an agenda, and some of those agendas were against Raheem Castle. And for them to do that, they they could have this almost a monopoly on the news. What it felt like, because yeah. they were putting so much information out there. So they're saying that oh, she's said no to a great deal for Fox Sports, or so she should have signed with Fox early. But that's coming out of their own opinions. So it, a lot of people took that stuff on board and said, oh my gosh, look what she's doing wrong, how she, mm. she's stuffing this up. But she, Yeah, she, she was mm. doing what the tough decision was to try and give us other options. I, I love that she made the gave us the option, yeah. uh, but we won't be able to
2: judge the actual result of that until a deal is signed. And sadly, coronavirus has probably put us in a really fragile place because all these companies are losing so much money now.
0: Well, an important thing out of that is Optus have now said they don't think that we're going to table an offer
1: for a year. Yeah. So our if, options... If, if they can't table an offer for a year, I mean, how much money have Fox Sports been losing? Like, they... Yeah. You know, well,
0: the, the thing would be they don't, they don't have to sign a long contract. No. We can sign a one-year contract with Fox And in that meantime, surely Fox have to show some intent to grow rugby. And if it's this constantly bringing it down, then they're going to lose some of this Mm. goodwill that's there that's already being damaged at the moment. So maybe Mm. this year going Fox Sports, you've got it for a year. Then you have competition. So you're going to have to work towards. Look, I I don't know what that dollar is going to look like. I can't see Fox paying through the nose for that. But at the
2: same time, as someone that spends their time watching all the rugby programs that we that Fox used to put out, searching through rugby.com.au for the live streams of the the NRC and the games that we can't see, I just want to see them commit to actually growing the game and the content.
1: Can we also just bash Fox a little bit here for where is our weekly Super Rugby rugby show this year? It absolutely it yeah, they, devastating. They pulled that out
0: before this discussion with Roland Carson. Yeah, ridiculous. You know, like, yeah. this, this is just before they went
1: to, to get a new broadcast deal. We'll do they it. They started pulling Yeah, we, we will yeah. do it. Hands we'll up. Look, we, we're, we're doing video right now. We're proven on the medium. If you um, put
2: Draft Rugby on the title, the Draft Rugby <laughs> Review, it. Super Rugby yeah. Review, we'll yeah. do it for free. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
1: We're in. That's cost it. you nothing. We'll get guests. We'll organise our own guests, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. We're fine. We've you yeah, got We've got pretty good guests. That's yeah. it. And look, there's definitely, there's a weekly rugby show in New Zealand, weekly rugby show in South Africa, no doubt. Like, we've lost now. So, awesome.
0: And we've got diversity. We've got the bald guy, we've got the guy without any eyebrows, and
1: we got <laughs> this guy. True, we've got three extremely white Australian mugs. <laughs> yeah. No, um... We'll look Private up. school males as well. <laughs> <laughs> We're just buying into that whole oh, notion no. of what is it? What rugby is <laughs> we'll get a female. And then we'll this, be so t- this is true. This is all a facade. We're actually just chatting so that we get put onto the board very soon. Um Alright, well no, that was very good. Uh, yeah, and there's been a lot to cover there. And as you said, it's been I mean, can you imagine being CEO of an organisation taking on effectively the entire media of a country? Like because yeah. News Corp is in effect. The media, they own that space. Yeah, um, And
0: I think maybe one thing that we can compliment there is, even though that was happening, she said if she had support from the board, she was willing to take all those punches. Yeah, She was just going to wear them, and this is another thing we're going to touch on, but she just kept turning up. She mm-hmm. turned up to anything, no matter what the questions were going to be thrown at her yeah. and what that approach was by the media. Mm-hmm. She was willing to do that and take that brunt, something that we said Checker did quite well um, for his players. For his players. Mm-hmm. He yeah. took the brunt of that. That um that hate I suppose from media to shield the other side like Maybe she knows, does sides. it
2: well and yeah. she does it phenomenally well for Aussie Australia yeah 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 no very
1: good um all right well uh what what do we get onto next centralisation
2: of the program has been a big talk talking yep. points for Rugby Australia. Mm-hmm. You know, the one of the things that the Wallabies captain said in their letter was basically they wanted to copy the New Zealand model of, of centralised rugby programmes. And while that hasn't been able to come to fruition, and I, we think the main reason that it hasn't come to fruition is because New South Wales and Queensland Rugby Union need
0: to vote for that to happen, and they have the majority vote between them, yep. and they don't want to give we, up the power, can to we, be honest, black and white. Just mm-hmm. to explain a little bit, they have the majority vote purely because... They have more players, they have more power yeah. due to that. that yeah. So for it to
2: go to a centralised program, basically those two unions have to say, okay, we trust you to look after the best of our rugby programs mm-hmm. in our state and the country, and the whole of the Australian country program, and that has not happened. So, yep. you know, Ray Lang, under Ray Lane Castle, and Michael Checker was a big big uh, part of this as well, we're more centralised now mm-hmm. in our, in our uh, professional program than ever before. Mm-hmm. We have... A, uh, a, I think he was the ex-Wallabies uh, and ex-Brumby's uh, uh, strength and conditioning coach, now the head of the whole Australian program. I can't remember his name, but he's he's very, very uh, well-respected who centralises yeah. all of their fitness levels and all of their
0: strength and conditioning programs. If, yeah. you, if you sort of paid a lot of attention to things Checker said, whenever those Super Rugby players turned up to the, the national squad, he didn't have a lot of time to work on that stuff. They yeah. needed to be at that level. And they weren't. And he and they said they, yeah. were, they were not fit enough, they were yeah. une- uneven levels. So this is... That's That's a huge thing going forward. But one of the big negatives that we've had at at the international level is that not only just the super rugby level, that's going to affect your international outcomes as well.
2: Mm. Um, And then the other one was the the coaching programs as well. I think they've centralised the whole model as well. So there is far more... Information going through the super rugby clubs up to the top and vice versa so I, I think that's a really big achievement of her as we all consider pushing towards this centralized, completely centralised model whether that happens or not
0: yeah there have been discussions in the past of going centralised and it kind of no one wanted to rip that bandaid off and mm-hmm. this almost feels like it's a step in that direction yep. and I don't I'm speculating to say that that would be of her the reason why she did it mm-hmm. but implementing a few of these things are showing that there's some positives there yep. that we can take out of it and maybe it is this trickle effect where we get more and more, but I mean, at some point, I think we're going to have
1: to rip that in off. That's true. Centralization is like, it's it's a word thrown around very loosely a lot of the time, centralization and decentralization. And I mean, inherent of a lot of big, big businesses as well, you know, you get new management to come in and the one big play they make is we're going to decentralise now and then six years later a new CEO comes in, we're going to centralise mm. now, you know what I mean? It's just like a, sure. a never-ending cycle. For us, down. it's
2: just copy the old box because they've been so successful. <laughs> Pretty much, are. right? It's a, good, it's a
1: good mold. But, but I think yeah. what, talking about New South Wales rugby and Queensland rugby giving up, I guess, giving up their power, saving their power, it's also, I mean, they don't agree all the time very often. Mm. I mean, we've, it's it's like all the politics like Australia. We've found Australia through this coronavirus time is very much made up of separate, you know, whilst we're a federated country, it's separate In effect, states, nation states, you know what I mean? Like, they don't... I mean, I always find this is a great example. uh, You you can't catch a train from New South Wales up to Queensland. Mm. You have to get off the train near the border, catch a bus over it and get back on the train because New South Wales and Queensland have different rail gauges and mm. neither of them will agree to change theirs. So you can't catch a train <laughs> up across the border. You have to get a bus in the middle. Yes. You know, so it's kind of, I feel like there's a, some scenarios like that uh, with Australian rugby at the moment. But um, but no, we're definitely building towards it. It's just exactly what centralisation means. I think listening to some other podcasts, the latest version, episode of Rugby Rockets has had a great discussion on that. Um, and, you know, perhaps it means, uh, you know, I think what was Morgz's quote was um, less suits, more shorts, you know, like maybe we we do need a leaner structure. So it's about how to effectively use resources uh, but have a centralised power structure governing what's going on rather than everyone with their own agenda.
0: A real simple idea of how this would work in in Rugby Australia as well, something important out of it, is if at times we've had a glut of talent in one position at one team, so you could have four good halfbacks Mm -hmm. in one Super Rugby side, if we have a centralised system, that control is going to be spreading. You're going to spread those players out. So your best players are going to play. So if we've got however many people in the squad, uh, I think it was talked about in the Rugby Ruckus, mm-hmm. when this all started, Super Rugby started, you had your 20 best players in New Zealand from five different franchises. Yeah. So 100 players. They wanted their 100 best players playing. They didn't want... 20 best players in one state and 20 people waiting behind them. They took those 20 players and put them into yeah, other teams yeah. and spread it out and a centralised system can do that mm-hmm. whereas if it's you and you have that control you don't want those players to go to another state mm-hmm. and it's those sorts of decisions that can be made as well with a centralised system. And that's, I
1: just hate to say like you know, obviously Australia is one of the most competitive sports markets in the world and we are a nation of sore losers. We need to be 100%. playing winning footy. We need our teams yeah. winning and mm-hmm. that's how you keep garnering support getting the, getting us going forward. But, um, yeah. But speaking of going forward, I think we're all pretty excited about another one of uh, we're we're going down the pros column before we get to the cons and Raylene Castle. But yep. um, the coaching staff that that is now sitting waiting for rugby to restart again, I think we're all pretty pumped about that. So we've Absolutely. got uh, Dave Rennie, um, who you know, Chiefs back to back,
2: who vocally said he she was a big reason, her vision and her and how she presented the the group was a big reason of why he signed.
0: Yeah, yep. I mean you look at the approach that she took compared to the approach of New Zealand rugby. New Zealand rugby said, we are New Zealand rugby. People want to be coaching here Mm. and put it out to everyone. Australian rugby said, we want you, Dave Rennie, we want you to be our person. We we can share a vision with you, what's your vision and work forward and go you're our man mm-hmm. and this is a Kiwi that loves Kiwi rugby. His dream would have been to coach the All Blacks and he still went, No, I feel like I have a connection now to Rugby Australia, I have a connection to Castle. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's come out and said, If Radlyn Castle leaves, I will consider leaving. And then no, as soon as he never said that. Well, he was questioned that mm-hmm. and there was a implication along those it's all lines. Been student, but yeah. he was never gonna leave. If we're, if we're brutally honest.
1: Mate, he's, but, he, yeah. And how
2: good of Ray Castle to come out and say, if I am am taken off, off my role, mm. I want you to stay.
1: Yeah. yeah." And, uh, I mean, look, he's, so also, he's also he's seen that uh, enormous amount of young talent coming through. I, I think he probably just saw Angus Bell play a game in high school and he thought, I need to go catch the Wallabies. That's yeah, the world's best prop <laughs> is going to be in <laughs> Australia in
2: about two years' time. Yeah. I want to take all credit for the world's best prop, <laughs> you yeah. yeah. um,
1: know. So, no, that's been good. But apart from Dave Rennie, uh, yeah, just, it's also, you know, putting together a full coaching team. So, whilst I personally, uh, whilst I personally, you know, I think we all loved Michael Chegger, uh, but I uh, personally, still till the end, I, I liked the one man take complete accountability for everything, coach it his way and, and let him have a crack. And I don't necessarily understand, uh, I didn't feel, I don't understand how we didn't get some results at some points. Like, mm. there were some years where I couldn't understand how we were losing, because of just how well I thought it was going to go. But now, I think in today's modern era, whilst you do need a really good head coach, you, you need a really good squad uh, working yeah. together. I, I
2: think that's the biggest thing, right? He clearly has weaknesses like every single coach, yeah. and I guess his, his biggest downside was not being able to cover those weaknesses as well as others.
0: I, I think an, an important point as well is, a head coach, they're someone who kind of points you in that direction. They don't necessarily do that ins and outs of training sessions week in, week out, which kind of you think of if you've played sports, you've got your head coach and they do all that stuff. Yeah. Here they've got different coaches doing different things and he's the guy that's relaying that message, making sure people are on board, making sure things are working. And the, the, one of the big things out of Dave Rainey, when you look at his time with the Chiefs, he created Chiefs' manner. You know? He created this this aura, this this emotion behind Chief. Chiefs and, and, and I mean, it's, it's global and everyone understands what it is. Mm. And he flipped them on their head coming from a team that was struggling in a probably similar position to, to Australian rugby with some talent but struggling to put it together. Yeah. So now they've, they've got this legacy that's created after he's left and he implemented that. So he is that person in my eyes that can do that for the Wallabies. He doesn't have to do every little in and out. He's got the guys around him to do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Checker, he had that vision but it felt like he was trying to control everything. Yeah. He wanted to control what the back line was like and he had issues with Larkham. He wanted to control all these different structures and it was all on him and yeah. I don't think that's a way forward that, that rugby Australia can do or, or any team at
1: this level. Yeah. Well, I agree, like we could probably talk a lot about Checker, but let's let's focus on on the new the new men. So we've got in Scotty Wisemantle, who was the uh, Eddie Jones' assistant coach, uh, assistant coach attacking coach yeah. for yeah. the England team over the was it just last year, last few years? Last few years. Last few years. Yeah. Um, and he has he is well renowned he has been absolutely an absolute gun. so and pivotal in, in how they've changed your attacking game that's true perhaps I mean some have said when I say some uh, I have said that uh, maybe they stopped kicking the ball. Um, hundred percent of the time, and have moved to about eighty percent of the time. Mm. I've just wise handle, so huge. Know, that's yeah, a that's, big leap forward us. You know what I mean? Um, okay. So, no, excited about him. Um, and who else do we have? We've got Matty Taylor, yep. yeah,
2: former okay. Scotland defence coach. Exactly. Yep.
1: So, if you can teach the Scottish, Scottish A coach stubborn way. bastards to defend well, then you know yep. you can. Um, former Wallaby as well. I think so. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, and even even want some chat about Dan McKellar um, getting involved with the, in, in the forwards with some capacity. I don't think there's, I think it's just still rumours no. at this stage. But yeah, still rumours. There's nothing concrete that's come out about that. But in terms of uh, getting someone, <laughs> completely wrong. <laughs> He's <Rumbies>
0: done <well>. a <laughs> <No. laughs> he, he was under twenty ones and stuff like that, for Queensland.
1: Getting um, getting someone involved with the forwards. Uh, I'd be pretty happy with the Brumbies the head coach right now, seeing how well the Brumbies forwards pack has been doing. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, all right, well, maybe move on to some of the cons.
0: One, one on? more touch on, on that on that uh, coaching squad is yep. one thing people have complained about is that we've got a Kiwi as head coach. Mm-hmm. And they're going, what about the Australian coaches and Australian coaching sort of pathway um, and throw the name like Eddie Jones out there, who wasn't available to become a coach of Rugby mm-hmm. Australia at the time, and, and that, that is important noting. But he's a guy that's come out, when come out and said he wants to help revolutionise that, I suppose, that coaching structure a little bit in, in Australia, and he's surrounded by Aussies. He's got Wiseman, he's got Matt Taylor, we might have Dan McKellar. There's also um, Swat Johnson that's there uh, on Dr- top of Dr- it old director. Dr- 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 Dr-
2: Dr- I think that's the thing. If they do well in the next four years, in all likelihood, you would expect Wiseman or Taylor or McKellar to be the next head coach to the Wolves. Yeah. And,
0: and learning That's from something their plan. like mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm okay. I don't think there's someone that could fill that role that was in Australia at the moment. But we've got a guy surrounded by Australians who are very capable without enough experience there mm. yet. So hopefully this is the, we'll see him coming to that.
1: Really simplifying it in terms of the, um, you know, I want an Aussie coach because I want to play the Aussie way. One thing I will say is that with with Dave Rennie for for mine in terms of the way he plays rugby, love that's I love that. I'm, it's the closest I, aligned to how I want to see Australian yeah. rugby played. You know, I mean, just the way the Chiefs played those couple of years when they won, that's unbelievable. For yeah, so yeah. Um, I actually would love to. I haven't really watched how he has been going with it. Was with Glasgow? Was he the coaching Glasgow yeah. Warriors? He took them to finals. I know though. they were doing really well, yeah. but uh, I'd be interested to see how they played. I think I they've... think um,
2: Matt Taylor was the defence coach at Glasgow yeah. Warriors as well. I'm pretty he sure he was, was there. there. Yeah.
1: I actually, went, I actually saw a game in Glasgow now. I, think, but I don't think Renny was there. I think it was a couple of years ago. Yeah,
2: the person that we haven't mentioned is Scott Johnson, obviously, who has been brought on top of the whole program as well. So another another very, very good person brought
1: in. Yeah, very good. All right, well, that's enough for the pros column. I don't think so. Oh, uh, We've got one more. Ah, I just, do I just keep jumping the gun? Mate? Yeah, you do.
0: Uh, she, she was a big advocate for, for women's rugby um, oh. And sort of right up there in terms of leading that that women's it made me game. It look real sexist now. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Le- leading that world game uh, for for women's, I think there were some things that were put in before she was there. We can't credit her everything. Say for the sevens and all that. That was that was before her time. But she's she's pushed that world uh, that women's rugby, the Super W, which is the Australian franchises.
2: Yeah, she's pushed she, that side of things. The Fifteens has come on in leaps and bounds 15. in the last few years. And yeah, the other thing is, she was obviously a part of the Sydney Sevens competition going mm-hmm. into the shared uh, competition with both the men's and the women's as well. So one of only, I think, two of yeah. the leagues
0: of the World Series. And I'm pretty sure now, during her tenure, this is what happened, that the men's sevens, the women's sevens have pay equity yeah. as well. So that's all happened under her reign. I don't know if we can credit in, 100% to
1: In Australia. In Australia. Awesome. Yeah, uh, no, that's been really good. I mean, I think I think it's now been made, man- like, not mandatory, but, and it, and it should be I'm going to use the word curtain raiser. You can't use the word curtain raiser. The game, if we're having a, a test match, if we're having a uh, bloody blood is the game right before it should be the should winner. Always, it should always yeah. be the yeah. doubleheader. Yeah. Right? And that seems like that's becoming the rule, not the exception now. Yes. It's been happening more and more, and I think that's great.
2: And, and look, hopefully that brings people like BuildCorp back into the uh, sponsorship yep arena as well. But, you know, Build Corp left our Australian Rugby when they were the, the naming time. sponsor, naming mm-hmm. right sponsor of the NRC because they had said that they wanted a women's super rugby competition yeah. and if we didn't get one that they would leave. Mm-hmm. They followed through on that and they, they stopped sponsoring the game. Yeah. So hopefully with the steps that Castle has made and her team has made, we can get big sponsors like that and that are very important to the game back into the... Well, uh, and uh, and yeah. that, can I just say
1: that's a huge play as well. So the the Sukar family that runs um, BuildCorp, uh, you know, they're... they're Jordan, they're, they're 2 two guys. They're absolute rugby nuts. They have they give everything to rugby. They fly. Around, they go every game. Mm. Uh, and Josephine Suka, she she has been pioneering, absolutely leading the way for women's rugby. And then them just stick to their guns and actually pull it, awesome. I think yeah. is whilst it was a big blow, like it's massive. You know what I mean? It sends that message.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the things you, you sort of said is a, a curtain razor and wasn't sure to use it. The big thing is like. We need to have people viewing these. These names need to become familiar. Mm -hmm. And to become familiar, they need to be on the big stage. So that being before Wallabies, all that match, you've got vs New Zealand, and make that a spectacle as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're not going to have the same amount of people turn up, but you need to align these things so these names become familiar. The women's sevens players... Are as well, if not more well known than the men's sevens, players, yeah, no, absolutely, right? and that is off the back of results. Yeah. And to be fair, they probably could beat the men's sevens team. They're pretty brilliant, right? Yeah, to be rough, they're going well the men's right now. Yeah, yeah the men's a been years a ago, yeah, yeah, a couple of yeah. years ago, Good. yeah, but I mean, we need we need to watch these. They need to be out there so yeah. that they can grow as well.
2: And I've got to say, the 15s, that the New South Wales Queensland teams who are clearly the strongest two sides in that Super
1: W comp, they're getting a lot better. They're quite strong. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mm. want to tackle them. Put it that
0: way. No. <laughs> I was going
1: to say I actually still liked a little bit of amateurism in that you just have you have some really big girls getting in there. You just have some Smacking. massive bump offs, and I yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's been very good. So no, um, let's that, push on. That's definitely been in credit to Riley Castle. Can I now say we're moving on to the cons? You can. So we're All talking right. about work rate. Right? We, no, we, we, we talked about, about that. We talked yeah. about him showing yeah. up. Morgan Tyrino mm-hmm. gave her a lot of praise saying she always yeah. shows up. You, you that. That want to mention her working tirelessly through the Yeah, well
0: reports are over this period she's been walking working even with all this Walking and working. Walking time. and working, yeah, 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 yeah lots. Um, She's been working massive days. Harry, you were saying something about 20-hour days? 20 hours, yeah. Um, But also, she worked 40 days straight, while a lot of other people were at reduced hours, reduced times, Mm. to try and navigate this period at the moment, even knowing that she was taking these huge pay cuts and all this stuff. She was trying to do everything she could with every minute possible.
2: I have got one more pro, and (laughs) it keeps coming up. But Look what she did to the Bulldogs.
0: I think anyone that crashes
2: an NRL team... My you right? can, can we get more of
0: them on board?
2: Can we put That's her in? like It's like she was working for Rugby Australia before she was even hired. Brilliant. I'm so happy about the fact that the I, Bulldogs are going terribly. I
0: also think that <laughs> if we're critiquing the Bulldogs, <laughs> their own player actions and some of the stuff they've <laughs> yeah. done All right. may have done that. Fair, very fair. All right. Well,
1: with that, let's move on to the cons. So it seems like this is a Raylan Castle love podcast at the moment, but um, not to be anymore. So um, (laughs) I hate her. (laughs) I don't like her hair. All right. Well, first of all, I mean, you can't talk about Raylan Castle without talking about he was previously known as he who should not be named again on this podcast, and Mm. this will be the last time we talk about it. Briefly, we're going to mention Israel Falow. We'll talk about him. So. uh, Unfortunately, it was not handled well, that scenario. I think hindsight is, everyone loves a bit of hindsight. I think Um,
2: a certain aspect wasn't handled well, and that was the contract negotiation after the first incident.
0: Yes. There, and that was a very tricky thing. As Harry, we were talking about this earlier, saying um, about there should have been a clause there for media. But with the RUPA, the the player association, um, a broader agreement, you can't put social media clauses into the players' contracts. You yeah, just can't do it. CBA, yeah. So Raylan Castle went about it trying to find a different way, which maybe appears you know, wasn't the right way, saying that, okay, we'll have a handshake agreement, all this stuff, which really meant nothing in the long run, and that come back to, to bite her in the bum. This,
2: this seems to polarise people. And look, I, I think the the very strictly, strictly religious are, are always going to say she's completely done the wrong thing by, by saying that he can't have his opinion. Yeah. And the flip side of the argument is always going to be, look, he's an influential figure. those' a hero to so many people, so many young kids and so many adults. And if he says something that can be construed as uh, making someone question their own livelihood, then that can be incredibly harmful as well. Yeah. So I think the biggest takeaway from the whole thing was he was asked, it will keep you in rugby Can you, pl- if you do not continue to post this kind of stuff on online, and he said
0: no. Yeah, you said, can you follow our requests? And he said no. Yeah. I well,
1: knew yeah, there was a reason we didn't let you talk sometimes. So. <laughs> uh, yes, no, it was... I mean, in hindsight, like, it's... You know, sometimes people do go in with good faith um, yeah. bargaining. And you say, look, I'm going to trust that you might do these stupid actions, yeah, even though yeah. it's not in your contract. Um, yeah,
0: the, the tricky thing is they're like... Oh, <laughs> This is all in hindsight, mm. and, and I, no one would want to have been in that situation that she was in. I think it was very tricky. He was such a high-profile player. He was, it was a lot of our
1: attack. I've got um, to say that, that you, still, you can give her credit for trying as hard as possible because, I mean, look, we could have won the World Cup for that's all I'm saying. Just, <laughs> no? No. Nah. Okay.
2: You would have been the captain if you ask him. But
1: look, um, <laughs> the, the main thing was, look in, in
2: hindsight, looking back, it could have been dealt with
0: better. Yeah. And yes. she's admitted that herself. Yeah, she goes. She thinks she could have done things better. Mm-hmm. All right, next con. What else have we got? Uh, look, the, the other one
2: was there was some talk that she doesn't communicate very well. So, uh, Foxtel will uh, have apparently said they would not work with her, they would not talk with her, which is, I mean, to be honest with you, from my point of view, if you go, hey, we're not going to give you the right straight away, we're going to shop you around, of course they're going to have their back up against her, but that, that's pretty big to not even want to go to the table with her. Um, then there was also yeah. all the Wallabies players that were saying that when they were reaching out, they weren't hearing anything back. There was Ruper saying that they weren't able to get the details of the finances from the 2019 season, so it seems like as much yeah. as she was incredible at selling a vision, and everyone will attest to that, that is involved with rugby, she wasn't very good at filling in the other parties the of what she was doing and how she was going about it.
0: There's been a few things that have come out of reasons behind some of those negatives, reasons behind why they weren't coming out with the, the figures early, like had to, to sort some things out and mm. find their way forward, because the, it was evolving, but... I mean, realistically, in that role, she has to communicate with people and she has to win people over. That's part of her her job there. So that communication is is definitely a big issue.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, that's typical of Australian rugby in general. When it comes to really big, divisive issues, communication has always been really slow and terrible. I mean, you just look at dropping the Western force. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it took so long for Cameron Klein to step down. Uh, I think he should have... Resigned a lot faster, given that. But you know, they were just saying, "Oh, yeah, we'll have this all done and wrapped up by Christmas. Oh, we'll have it all done and wrapped up by March. We'll have it." They just kept going on and on, and it's kind of like, look, sometimes you just gotta you gotta open up, you gotta be more transparent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Particularly, I think in this scenario with your players, right? Your players all going. What's happening? And how much of pay we have to take? We just need to plan for yeah. our life. Uh, and you should say, all right, these are the balance sheets. This when, is what's the game.
2: Yeah. When things are good, no one asks questions, but it, things have been challenging in in Australian rugby for a long time. And it's when things are challenging that you need to make sure you're as transparent as you can possibly be. And yeah. it seems like, or the reports are, that it was a very big weakness of hers that she wasn't great right with that.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Excellent. All right. Um, another point, another con was just... Uh, I guess the Cheka relationship. Now, you don't know how much that's on her and how much it's on Cheka, but I guess there's a a few examples of just... um, It's not really insensitivity, but it's just... um, uh, I guess, look, one of the examples I always refer to is... uh, I thought it was ridiculous that the Wallabies, uh, Castle and Cheka were arguing a lot and the Wallabies were asked to come and attend uh, an event at the Japanese embassy the night before their game with Wales in this World Cup, which was... Obviously, the pivotal game that we ended up losing to not make it through to an easier quarterfinal. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And it was just like it was kind of like, I mean, obviously, um, you know, obviously there's obligations and requirements, and, and she would have been doing her best to have that at a different time. And sometimes you've got to give, but there's some things that just have to be non-negotiables, and mm. you can't mm. have any of your players from your team and your coach asking your coach to go to the also, events yeah you know, like yeah. the not before game. Also
0: not just like the fact that she, she said, Don't go and make them go. Like yeah. Cheka was not was not up to date with that stuff happening. She basically the, went behind. The behind the back, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um and, and that comes down to that communication and, and building that trust with people that are really like closely linked to you and and your vision and your direction. You've got to have strong relationships there. Yeah.
2: There was also some articles out there saying that she straight-up didn't really think he should be the Wallabies coach for the World Cup, but kind of accepted that it had to be because of the financial position of the game. And, I mean, you really need better back... She did back him. She gave him what he wanted a lot of the time yeah. in terms of the fact that he was, he had more of a monopoly on the power of how that the Wallabies played than anyone. But at the same time, it's it's pretty tough being a head coach, having a CEO that doesn't believe in you.
1: Yeah, yeah Well, agreeing. for this World Cup, I mean, essentially... I mean, I think she should have given him until after the World Cup. I agree. In, instead of bringing in Scott Johnson and a Wallabies, uh, what's it called? Picking panel. Um, Select selection panel. Selection panel. I think of selection. Picking panel. <laughs> Picking panel. But actually, um, you know, I said I agree. Yeah, Scott Johnson, I actually think that was brilliant. I think that was a good decision. Uh, yeah, yeah. Something
2: had to change. Yeah.
1: See, I, I disagree. Completely I, I wanted, burned the bridge. Yeah, no, it did. I just wanted to say, I said, I, I thought, you're basically hamstringing Checker just before a World Cup. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah, yeah and look,
0: but realistically, nothing changed with Checker. No. Nothing changed before or after that, like there was no difference. The biggest issue was, as we said, Checker's biggest weakness was
2: he didn't cover his weakness as well, and it didn't fix the problem.
1: To be honest, actually, I I would be concerned that if Checker was left to himself, Nick Phipps might have made the squad, so actually. Yeah, that's the difference. That was the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Sidon's still made it in there, so I don't know. Yeah, well, we can't have uh, everything. All right, well, very good. We are uh, for this short, very short podcast. Um, we for seem sure. to be kicking on a little bit. So We're a long, long short podcast. Yeah, long short. Uh, I don't think we have ever done a short podcast, but uh, all right. Well, let's kick on to um, CEO options. Yeah. So I think the that's not even our next real talking point. I realize that's still part of. Point number one: Aussie rugby. Uh, let's just get let's get through who are the CEO options.
0: So look, the one everyone knows and and has heard about in Australian rugby, and we talked about on uh, Grit Sports was Phil Kearns. Phil Kearns was the guy that sort of. Led... I
1: fully expected Nelson to say Nelson Henry Dale. Uh, I've
0: I'll, I'll put my name out there. I did put it up. He, up does, he, he does. Does. Yeah, I, saw it yeah, yeah. I, I did. He's been um, pushing harder than
2: Augustine Pisha.
0: Yeah, I was sh- throwing some hate at others as well. Yeah, right, yeah, you know, <laughs> different techniques. But no, yeah, Phil Kearns, he, he's obviously got very good relations in, in rugby. He knows rugby well. He is a businessman. Uh, he, he rallied 11 coaches, inclu- uh, eleven captains, including himself, until a day later became 10. So he's got really good... I think Nick really, Fyde-Jones was
2: part of that as well. Yeah, I mean, Nick Fyde-Jones. Well.
0: The, w- there was almost a combination between Nick Fyde-Jones, wanted a the chairman role um, yeah. as well, so them coming together and leading that sort of captain, captain sort of change. And look,
2: I, I think that uh, there's, there was an article that was saying it was almost expected that he would have gotten the job over Raylene Castle, but then Castle had 12 interviews to get the role and just blew him out of the water with her vision. Um, so I think that says a little bit about his chances this time around as well.
1: Um, and and do, you, do you think, though, last time around maybe he was too, a bit too relaxed? Maybe, maybe.
2: And, you know, everyone keeps looking at him as the ex-rugby, ex-wallaby, and the Foxtel commentator, but they ignore the fact or they don't seem to realise the fact that he's been extremely Previous. successful in business as well. So right. I don't think he's giving the credit that he's deserved. And I would just like to uh, put my own biases out there as well. You know, he's very, he's been said that he, he told me at one stage, I've only, in my eyes, there's only three teams that I care about, the Wallabies, the Waratahs and Newington College. And Nelson and I are former new boys as well. So, <laughs> Terrible um, So they should become super <laughs> So, so we're, we're biased, but I love that he's one-eyed because he shows passion. Um, there's Times that that's probably not appropriate, yeah. but at the same time, I love that he's passionate, and I, I think he he should also be given credit for his work outside of rugby, which is not you, as yeah. you can so see
1: him make like making one of these like irrational decisions, like what we how much, we got to pay ten mil to keep, keep like for hours, like like a blazer? Do it without it. Get it. Get yeah. it. Get it it. Um, <laughs> yeah, look,
0: it is, you can't question his passion and, and everything that I'm sure is coming from the right place in, in his eyes. I'd hate to be with, the Reds uh, or the Brumbies or something if he was in there. Why to get everything? But um, <laughs> back to business, baby. <laughs> it, it's interesting. There was a talk about who that next, um, who the next uh, CEO was, CEO was going to be. Was it going to be a rugby head? Was it going to be someone from a business sense? And they're saying a lot of the people on the board are that sort of rugby head. They have that rugby knowledge, that rugby experience do we necessarily need another rugby person to sit on top as that CEO, mm. which is, is uh, Phil Curtis is a little bit of both, or do we need someone that's purely business-driven and can manage this on that yeah. side of
1: things? It's funny, as, as, to... as, yeah. as soon as someone says purely business-driven, Harry and I are both just to say, but Bill Pulver was purely business-driven. Yeah, well, we've had both.
0: Yeah, and, and, both and that was,
1: both and you know, failed. all we saw there was we survived,
2: but we also lost the Western Force and we didn't really grow the game oh. under, so. We've also had rugby people there and failed,
1: so it's, that's a hard thing to go on. I, I feel like I don't really know the answer to this and, no. and I've, and I just bounce back from either side but at the end of the day I think I'm biased in it I like Phil Cairns, I could see him on there. Yeah. So I think he could do a good job.
2: Peter Wiggs is another name out there to, to kick on with another name. Peter yeah. Wiggs has been on the board for a couple of months now, yeah, I think. Long, yeah. And basically, he has a big role with supercars as well, so he, he does have to split his time with that, which is, I mean, definitely a downside if he's going to continue that role. But like Matt, You can
1: only pick one super, mate, super rugby or super Cars. That's right, around. that's right. <laughs> and
2: clearly, supercars has nothing on super rugby, but we won't go into <laughs> detail about that. But look, it, that, the word is that he's had a huge role in handling both the TV rights deals negotiations and also how we're dealing with coronavirus so he's come in in a short space of time and really impressed a lot of people in terms of the role he's had in that board and so his name has been thrown out there as a potential as well i think he's a former mossman rugby man as well so he's he's in line with the uh interim chairman paul mclean he's in line with phil kern so he's got good relationships with a lot of different people as well very good the
0: next one is uh todd greenberg um, i don't know uh, this is very briefly thrown out there but i don't know a lot about what he's done in in the nRL i do know that they've They've been going a similar direction uh, to rugby in Australia, and it has been going downhill in terms of their viewers and a lot of different things there. So again, when we're talking about um, what Castle did at the Bulldogs, maybe that's a great thing that he's a rugby man and <laughs> yeah, he's trying to bring I down I didn't know NRL before he came in. Uh, but yeah, look, I, I don't know if there's a lot of talk about him there, but he, has, he
2: had four years. I think they said he's grown the, the women's game quite well. He brought in the great NRL, NRL bunker. He's yes. been pretty hard nosed against the clubs that have broken the um, their salary. salary cap and that kind of thing. So I think he's done a lot of good things, but uh, he, he failed to get uh, v- the v- oh, on board as well. Who's the other major player over there? So, which
0: is probably a good thing from how Valandy's been acting. Yeah.
2: So, so you know, he, he's lost. They've lost faith in him, and he's lost his gig over this coronavirus epidemic as well. But I guess the thing in his, mm. his corner is he knows Australian sport, and he has experience in this kind of role. Yep. even if it's NRL. I still think it's a long shot.
1: I think he's not being thrown right out shot, there because of timing more than anything. I was actually just because we were talking day, I was just thinking what's David Gallup up to? Can we get him in there? I mean, soccer's dying now. Oh, I please. Think still see, um, he's probably in the, the most highly regarded. Yeah. Isn't yeah. He, yeah. Is, yeah. he is, he yeah. is. Let's get, get Gallup here. Come on, mate. Um, but yeah, anyone else? Uh, any other contenders that really got there? Yeah.
2: Not that has been named but I think the main thing is it's, it's an external board that makes these selections, and I, I don't believe that was always the case. Um, you know, there, there's a big uh, messaging going through in the the media and Facebook and Twitter at the moment. Always, actually, mm. saying it's a boys' club and it's uh, just Newington boys and Grammar boys and other the private school boys that put themselves on YouTube these days. No, but that's the problem. There's not Grammar boys in there. That's it. Right. There. and uh, and and I think it's fantastic that it, that it is external. Stephen Moore was quite critical about the fact that when he was trying to get onto the board that he he wasn't. Uh, contacted directly by the board about the role and that it was all external, but I, I think that's a really good thing.
0: I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Stephen Moore, uh, but he said a few si- silly things recently. One of his big reasons for why he backed the, the captain letter is he goes, Rugby Union has been struggling for years, so we need to get rid of Rayland Castle. Yeah. When Rayland Castle had been there for a few years, like he just yeah. seems like he just... He's caught up in this emotion that he wants to be there, he wants to make changes, and that's his drive, but he's not necessarily, from those small kind of things, seeming like he's critically thinking about some of those things. It's great that it's a, a, a unique board, or a separate board. And, and it sounds like, basically, the position they're in is Paul McLean, who is the
2: ex-Wallaby, I think, 91 captain? I, I could be wrong on that, it's before my time, I was three at the time. Um, World Cup 91 winning I think. I'm probably wrong, I know. But Watch Nelson's going to correct me now, don't worry. But he is the ex Wallaby captain who is the current interim uh, chairman. He's the interim CEO at the moment until they go through the proper process to elect someone. So they won't be rushing in. It will be a, a full process as well. So I don't think you're going to hear anything on that front for a fair while. They're, they're not going to be ushering Phil Kearns in, put it that way. No.
0: They've talked about they're not going to they're not going to rush in. This is going to be a slow process. Did you find out for me? Uh, I'm reading. Okay. So let's kick on
2: while well, Nelson reads.
0: Very good. All right, well... He he, he ended his career for Australia in uh, 1982, so probably not 1991. As, I think that might rule him out, yeah. Yeah. You never
1: know, but...
0: Okay. 81? Did you mean 81? <laughs> <laughs> um, Potentially. Just, yeah, yeah.
1: No, very good. Um, all right, well, with that, let's kick on to our next, third topic, major topic of the day. So that was State of uh, Rugby Union in Australia, and still a lot more to talk about uh, and things to to know about that but let's move on to World Rugby just specifically I'm sure we're over an hour mark so we we should we're definitely over the hour mark but specifically there's been some um, uh, involvements things have happened very recently So uh, things have
0: been evolving and this is sort of uh, we're finding out more and more at the moment Mm. Um, obviously they were looking for the head of World Rugby and it was between
2: Bill Beaumont and Augustine Pichot
0: yeah, Bill Beaumont, he, he's been in there for four years. He ran uncontested four years ago. Yep. Um, Pichot was... His vice. His vice. Yep. And he said himself he was there because he was trying to make some changes and trying to in- influence Beaumont to make some of these, these changes. Yep. None of those things happened. The things he wanted to happen while he was there in vice. Not, out of not his, none. Out of his own mouth, he said he couldn't make the changes he wanted yes. to there because Bill Beaumont was halting those decisions. No, no, no. I think he just... Yeah, look. He did it, say I don't that. think he said just Bill Beaumont, but yeah, he wasn't able to he make the changes the he wanted. He didn't have the power of the power, yeah. so he goes, he decided he wasn't going to run as vice he sure. wanted to compete and see if he can take up. Yeah.
2: So Bernard Laporte was announced as the vice from there, um, Augustine Pichot within the last few months, I'm not sure exactly when,
0: announced that he would be running against him it was, it was quite a close battle as well, so uh, we already knew the Six Nations were going to vote for uh, beaumont um sansa said they were going to vote for For Pichot and yep yep. and then uh there was other ones that were up in the air and it was always going to be tough uh had to have he was starting with 12 votes down that he had to try and fight back um a few of the interesting ones that you wouldn't have thought went the way that you'd expect uh fiji and samoa both voted for beaumont so straight away that's two votes um when I think Fiji was probably expected because the, um, what's his name that was going to? Keane.
2: Yeah, Keane yeah, that was going to go on to the World Rugby Board. Uh, well, his, his brother in law yep. is Prime the head of start. the uh, the Prime Minister and the head of Fiji Rugby Union. What? So I think he was always,
0: he was backed by, Keane was backed by Beaumont, so I think it the, was always likely that they went that way. The Prime Minister by military coup back in 2006. Yeah, well, let's not get into that. that. this yeah. podcast, will go four hours. Um, hour time another really interesting one was Africa. So, mm. do you know much about what he was saying with Africa, which show was talking about?
1: Uh, he just said that he he saw it, he was targeting it as an area for growth um, and yeah. that there certainly a lot of countries that are really interested and have, I uh, well, don't want to say fledgling programs, but have a uh, ripe for enormous growth. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, that, he, that he, in
0: he itself was four votes between them, because mm. they've got two, Africa's got two, yeah. Fiji, Samoa have one each. And he was also quite... Uh, Not critical, but he he wasn't
2: happy with the fact that Namibia had received double the support from World Rugby that the rest of the African nations had combined. So, you know, there was was an article saying that Germany were unhappy. They weren't even uh, consulted about how Rugby Europe were voting. Potentially, you know, there's a there's a suggestion, or not a suggestion, but I, I would suggest that maybe the... Uh, a suggestion, but it's fine. I am, yeah, but it's me, not someone else. Uh, <laughs> that maybe Namibia or, or the power there is not quite evenly distributed in terms of how that vote's yeah, going as well.
0: I think the difficult thing was Augustine Pichot was not out there for a very long period of time sharing his vision. So he seemed to, this guy that come a revolutionary guy that was going to change all this stuff, And if you're a second-tier nation that feels like we've been getting a little bit of support, maybe not as much as we want, but we're getting a little bit of support, but there are a lot of countries worse off than us, Mm. is he going to take that support from us? And spread it out to other countries. That's going to make you nervous. If yeah. you're Fiji, you're Samoa, you're you're yeah. Namibia, and you're already struggling, and you're going, you're going to spread that out to other countries. Yeah. they're probably going to have this negative thought about that. Yeah, um, and that's that's got to be a tough decision
1: for them because it is how their, their sport shapes up it, for the next four years. It is really interesting, and this is a wide conversation though, we probably shouldn't go to. But you know, if you are Fiji, Samoa, at, you know, and there's the whole talk of the world game and trying to include everyone and promotion relegation, blah blah blah. It's like, are you in support of that or? particularly now with how everything's been going with coronavirus, with the climate of South Africa gravitating towards Europe and the time zone, you know, if you're the Pacific Island nations, are you thinking, well, maybe, no, we want to support Bill Beaumont because we want South Africa, uh, New Zealand and Australia to break off with South Africa, and then when they're just having a trans-Tasman competition, they'll also look to include us mm. more. You know what I mean? It's a very interesting kind of... Yeah, you I don't know... I think Which that, way that would that would steer I, I think, them? Though I think no doubt, if if we did break with South Africa and we had a trans Tasman competition, we would be there. Would be moves to include and, and definitely promote push, Fiji, push, yeah. Samoa, Tonga. You know. It's all
2: marketing dollars, though. You know, like how do you make it? South Africa is a huge part of that revenue, and those countries aren't going to actually contribute to that. I think Japan would be a more logical place for them to push before they go into those other
1: island nations. Yeah. When
0: you listen to the show and some of the changes, I just to... mean if
1: you're those island nations, you know what's been happening now hasn't been working. Do you no. think if we go to this uh, international tournament where you know they probably won't make it into that tournament, is, is that better, or is there a better chance for them There's... if we break up with South Africa? I mean, I don't think we they can. Will, they
2: will make it into that tournament. They were talking about making it the six. Southern Hemisphere teams,
1: weren't they? There, there was a thought. I don't no, think... No, but, yeah. but they, they, they will preference teams um, like Japan, America, even whatever, over the Pacific Islands yeah. countries. You know I mean? and, but, um, and, anyway,
2: I think the big thing was Pichot was a big push for change. Yeah. Beaumont did change a lot of his policy, so hopefully there's a push that Beaumont then is a bit more proactive in change and bringing Tier 2 nations through. But Nelson, can you take us through the result?
0: Yeah, so of the end result was 28 votes, uh, for Beaumont to twenty three for Pichot Yeah. Um so very, very close in the end. When you're talking there's I think it's uh eight uh, twelve votes or eighteen votes sorry, three votes each for the six nation countries. Um Italy I'm not sure if I have a quick look. Yeah they're three as well. So straight, off the, bat, three votes, yeah, like straight off the bat. Yeah straight off the bat they've got a huge amount. Georgia have one vote. So one of the big things was um, Pichot was saying, I want to make this so it's a contest where maybe Georgia can take Italy's spot in Six Nations. Mm. Italy's never going to vote for him, you know, because you feel threatened. But one of the big things he tried to get across to convert some of those teams was he's going, I am trying to grow the revenue of the sport entirely, right? I'm not trying to go, we're going to take a piece from you. He goes, I'm going to make your piece slightly smaller, but the the pie way bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I just don't think that point got across well enough.
1: I'd like to say, like, as a... Broader thing, I think promotion relegation is just—it's. I think it's necessary. There needs to be that level of like needs something to play for. You know, yeah, I mean, the fact that you could lose out of the competition and how significant the consequences of that are. And,
2: and it's funny that Argentina are so supportive of being an Argentinian player, but you know, he said himself, like we could eventually lose our spot as Argentina to the USA because it's yeah. good they'd have to fight back yeah. for it. Mm. Interesting yeah, that didn't seem to be nearly as threatening to Argentina as it was for Italy. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, It's yeah. uh, uh, the thing, unwavering Argentinian confidence, mate. That's Syria. right.
0: Another thing that I thought was interesting out of this is, yes, yeah, South America backed him as well. Like um, Argentina and South America both backed him. But North America, they sat on the fence. They didn't want to have a say really in which way they wanted to go. They had one vote from there two, one on each side. So they didn't really back either one. They were just saying... We'll just take us along. We'll, we'll we'll do whatever you guys want to sort of thing. I'm, I don't want to make any enemies.
2: Well, they've gone broke, America, the USA, now, haven't they? So, uh, yep. I think they're they're just hoping that someone gives them a handout, and they want to make sure they're on whoever wins they is the right <laughs> side. don't <laughs> want to make any enemies. <laughs> and good on them because if they put their their all their chips in Pichot's camp, they would have been on the wrong side of the ledger. So yeah. smart from them. True.
1: Yep. Yeah, very good. Um, all right. So, what else are we talking about in terms of? World rugby. I mean, that's the main oh, main event.
0: Well, I think one other thing coming out of it, um, Bill Beaumont came out on Twitter saying thank you, and I mean he's. He hasn't seemed like he's done anything wrong. Right. As, uh, Harry and I were chatting about this a little bit earlier. He wasn't saying, Pichot's got no experience, he can't do this, he can't do that. There was no attacking of each other, which we thought is a really good thing for rugby seeing as there is consistently infighting in rugby Australia level mm. at, at other nations. Yeah. To not see that break out into, oh, he wouldn't do this, or he hasn't done that, was a was was, really good thing There was a scare
1: campaign. No, um, the,
2: the one thing I hate about politics is that they spend more time talking negatively about the opposition than about themselves. And it was... Incredibly refreshing to see neither party doing that. But that
0: hasn't stopped other people coming out and saying it. Friend of the pod, Paul Tate. Uh, You can find him at Argentina underscore 2027. Probably something that he he may have to change. No, no, he's he's
2: getting excited for the Australian Rugby World Cup.
0: Hopefully. Change it to Australia 2027. (laughs) Yeah, Um, he, He came out on Twitter saying, this is a direct reply to Bill Beaumont. Very disappointing result. Augustine Pichot's work in the Americas has been extraordinary in comparison to Sir Bill Beaumont's work as Rug- World Rugby Chairman has seen minimal progress.
2: And the game has come in leaps and bounds over there with their professional competition starting up. so yeah, there's def- definitely been a lot of development over there. Yep. Mm. Absolutely.
1: Very good, alright. Um, Do we talk about Rugby Australia alone? Do we talk about how to fix that? We're going to look. Rayling,
2: Ra- R- R- yeah. Ra- 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 R- Castle locked in. Apparently, the uh, specifics around the loan before all this. So, so, so the
1: loan just for our listeners. The loan about what uh, the rugby IRB showroom. gives out to uh, to all the different into- rugby bodies to help get through this yep. time the, that is the, just extensively killing rugby. The biggest
0: mm-hmm. thing that came out of that uh, was basically that she'd secured this loan where we didn't have to repay it all back. Right. No one thought it was a possibility, it wasn't discussed, it wasn't thought about, and apparently she's basically secured this loan, she she left the job, and a day or two later it's come out that she'd set this up so we weren't going to be massively indebted in giving a 100% of that money back to World Rugby, yeah, which mm. is pretty pretty unique.
1: Very good, alright, well talking about, uh, the last thing I'll talk about before we wrap up is just um, how rugby is starting to come, come on, come back into the fray, so... Right. Uh, what do we have in New Zea- in New Zealand? Yes, yeah, so and New Zealand have been very good at talking about how they were gonna roll out their sport. Mm-hmm. Um, Australia
2: has now started to catch up with this information, but they've basically said when they go back to level two restrictions that they will start be able to start playing sport again. So at worst, they were level four. They're currently back to level three. Yeah. And I believe that they're looking at going to level two very soon, I think within the next week or so. I'm not not exactly sure. So they should start training again soon. Yeah. So the uh, New Zealand Rugby Union should be looking to get back in, on board with some sort of competition, I, I would think, within a month or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Australia, at the same time, I think they're saying that they will have to look at first groups of less than ten, um, and it was sports of less than ten outdoors before indoors, and then they'll go to those bigger groups. So the and expectation is they'll start training in groups of ten with non-contact
0: to start with. There's there's one thing that I was talking to people from one of the shield clubs. They were saying basically the way they they'll work is they'll break everyone up into to groups and you might have 30 people training at the time, but 10 people are doing stuff on that side of the field, 10 people on that side of the field. You're not doing stuff together, then 10 people are in the gym and you rotate through the system. So you've got all 30 people there training, you're there as long periods of time, but you're in separate groups, you're not communicating, you're it's, not touching each other. Yeah, it's
1: kind of gonna be like uh, with the, the doctors. So in Australia, you know, we've had uh, not necessarily doctors that are treating coronavirus patients, but we've just had yeah, a team of medical staff that run, run your hospital. They're on for two weeks at a time, and another team is off for, for those two weeks. So mm. if, any, if any one of the staff gets infected, you just sub the whole team out, a new team comes in. Yeah. It's not like that. You just... Absolutely, separate.
0: So, did you know about when they're, when they're penciling in some sort of hope for rugby in Australia, do you? So, there's there's a few different discussions. About Super Rugby or a domestic competition, we should find out within the next fortnight what they're saying, what they think the, the start time will be. In terms of what we've been told um, on our sort of level, the non-professional level, they're sort of saying that they expect us to be good to start going at some point in um, June. Start training, maybe two, three weeks away from where we're at now. They reckon we'll be, or three, three, four weeks away from where we're at now. The start of June to start training to to be able to start playing in July. Yep. Um, it sounds like the thoughts that we're going to be something similar for the domestic comp rugby show. up yeah. Realistically, things can be pushed back. We don't have our international season, our normal international season, so okay. we we can push things back. The expectation uh, is that. Any
2: competition is going to be domestic, Australia and New Zealand. Potentially. Uh, As the domestic flights are going to be opened up, their expectation is that New Zealand, Australia will as well because we have very similar rules in place and very similar numbers in terms of the actual coronavirus infection numbers and -hmm. and how they're dealing with it. So there's a potential there as well, but I think New Zealand rugby is is at the moment seeming to be looking
1: internally as well. That's it, yeah. We think it will still be quite some time until international flights are are opened up, so yeah.
0: the, the thing is, this is hard. It is constantly evolving. We yeah. see second waves coming in certain countries around the world. Australia basically had decided there was going to be a domestic competition starting on April the 3rd. That then got pushed back to May the 1st. It wasn't talked about mm. widely, mm. but it got then pushed back to May the 1st, and now it's been pushed back again. Yeah. In Australia, they're not out there. Rugby shows not out there putting this in public very much. Mm. We've got to have the faith that it's being talked about behind closed doors. Rugby league is a... a, is a differing sort of company in the, the way that they work is they're pushing it out they're saying we're doing this it's starting really soon we're doing it we're doing it and, and they're sort of trying to break down those barriers and hopefully rugby can s- scoop in after that and mm. um, and get started than later.
1: one thing we talked on earlier about um, rugby shows and how it's been disappointing there's been no rugby show in Australia this year I think New Zealand have been uh, very good in, in their usual rugby programming they uh, had a TV show, which I haven't watched a lot of, but uh, they had episodes every week. It's called Isolation Nation. And they just got the players at home, just, just video calling in. So they had the, the hosts of it. You know, I forget the name of the rugby hosts on, on that show, but they were just calling the players all over New Zealand right. and getting them in, giving little competitions, things like that. And you know, it was great. So... Um, I guess some of the rugby clubs here have been doing some stuff with social media, but I feel like they really could have used this as an opportunity to lift their game and look more into... I think one thing we have often criticized Australian rugby is about not giving us enough insights into the players, into behind the scenes. You know, these people that we cherish as stars when we want to see what they're like as normal people. Yeah. Um, but um, um, New Zealand's done a great job of that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mm. I think one more thing to, to mention about rugby's return, although it's not talked about a lot, there's an actual return-to-play committee. Um, so it includes, uh, I think it's Ben Whittaker, um, the Rugby Australia Head of Government Relations, um, Anthony French, Rebel CEO, Baden uh, Stevenson, Matt playmaker, Tumor, Matt Tamua. Um, these guys are talking about what's going to happen. They're speculating it's July, but it's all depending on what the government's wanting to do. Um, but they don't, they're don't. saying to themselves they don't want to promote this date and things change. Like they're, they're really trying to lock in a date and then work from there and then they're willing to promote it. So we should hear some. And the
2: final note is we'll start working out what that means for draft rugby in 2020 at least, as soon as we get some details.
0: Yeah. Switch on, Harry. Very good. I like it. So, I mean, we, we potentially, whatever evolves, we're going to try and run a system. If we can get stats, we will run a system. It may be a slightly different system to what we're doing. We don't know how it's going to look because it depends how many teams are involved, all this sort oh, of stuff. Yeah.
1: Could be exciting, you know. If it's domestic, uh, domestic yeah. competitions, that means could redraft, baby. Draft day again. yoo could It could be redraft. You would be numbers. saying that.
2: What, what are you coming in the draft this year? I think
1: I'm coming pretty high, actually. Like,
2: you weren't doing too much, i top four.
1: No, I don't think you were top four. No, 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 no. okay. It okay. doesn't <laughs> matter. I don't know. Realistically... I would know if I was not top
0: four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Realistically, the main thing to take out of this well, is is we, where Nelson is in the table right yeah, now we are, we are fully committed to to offer a Super Rugby whatever shape it is platform for people to try and play mm. we're going to try and move towards that our goal is at the very least we're going to have a similar system to what we have now available to everyone so an offline draft maybe we're going to work towards doing more things available just to, depends what happens there's a bit of time there still, yeah. um, but we will be offering as much content as we can in depending
1: on whatever this looks like moving That's forward it. Yeah, um, perfect. Can't wait to get back into it. was too long between drinks since our last pod. This has been a long drink. I've been drinking most nights. This has been a long drink. Yeah. I'm glad that we were drinking pre pod, not during pod. Um, yes. Because we'd be tanked by now. Uh, very good. Well, thank you for tuning in. And again, looking at the camera now for once, which uh, we was, we're not doing the entire pod. But um, yeah, thank you for joining us. And uh, until the next episode, stay classy. Big and strong, Davis. O'Brien finishes it. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes. boy.